Hello and welcome to episode 14 of the Recruitment Intelligence Podcast. Today I'm joined by Solutions Driven CEO Gavin Spears. Hello Gavin, how are you? I'm good, thanks Claire, how are you? I am doing well, thank you. This time, pretty much this time last year, um, we launched a brand new recruitment category, Recruitment Process Intelligence or RPI. Um, and at the time, we, we held a podcast as part of the launch to discuss RPI. Now, it's a year on, so we're going to look back at what we thought RPI was this time last year, um, what we, how things have changed, um, and, and just reflect back on 12 months that have been pretty turbulent um, in, in recruitment and across the world. So, the first thing that we spoke about um, last time, and I think it's quite a good one to go back to um, was you were asked what is what is RPI um, and at the time you said it was um, recruitment process with intelligence that discovered that a guaranteed delivery of the right hire first time every time. Um, so my first question is you think that's still the case and, and how has how you define RPI changed over the last 12-14 months? It's, it's a good point. I mean, I think broadly it is still the case that the way you described it. I think if we go back to last August, as you said, we launched RPI really just as a way of articulating to the market what we do and how we do it. Because we knew for years we weren't a contingent, no win, no fee recruiter. We weren't a, an overly expensive retained recruiter. And we weren't that RPO that was looking for three, four years of, of commitment from the client. So we knew we were different. And we knew that we were more process-driven data-driven, and also held ourselves to more account in terms of the end recruitment results. So that's really where RPI came from and, and was born from, I guess. I think also, if I look at RPI from an internal perspective in terms of what it's given us, I think it's given us a real identity. I think it's given us something that we can stand for as an organisation. And really, whatever role we someone does internally in solutions-driven, we all play a part in delivering you know, RPI to, to clients and candidates. I think if we look at RPI now um, and some of the differences, so I think in terms of last year and how we divide, how we defined it, it's similar. You know, right now we talk about being measured on the end recruitment result and getting there through using the right process and intelligence. So you know, loosely, loosely the same. I think as we look into 2022, you know, we've got a lot of plans on how we develop RPI, both from a category perspective, but also from an offering uh, perspective further. Um, and also, you know, we hired a chairman four or five months ago, and one of the main reasons he joined was um, the opportunity he also feels that we can grow by using RPI. So I think if I look in the last year, you know, I think RPI has really given us, you know, the identity and something to stand behind. But I do also think that, you know, the reason we launched it back 15 months ago still stands today in that it's very much about, you know, giving our clients that predictability of the end result, but also giving them the value add of the process and intelligence, which I can talk about as we as we go further. Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, seeing people start in the organization um, and and the onboarding process for you know the new people that we have coming in, um, that RPI gives everyone something to stand around, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, the reason I think the reason I'm so excited about it is it actually does describe what we do. You know, we, we've not just come up with a, a kind of buzzword or an acronym for the sake of it. I really do think that you know, if you were looking at how we 
um, behave as an organisation and what we deliver, then recruitment process intelligence is, is exactly what we do. 100%. Previously, we'd spoken about a significant change in the conversations we were having with clients and how the world was shifting from working with external recruiters to looking at how their internal teams were bringing in recruiters just to kind of fill gaps. Obviously, the last 18 months, you know, the pandemic's carried on longer than any of us thought or, or hoped. Um, have those conversations changed again? And is the focus still on internal teams or is that went back the other way? So I think you're absolutely right. I mean, over the last four or five years pre-pandemic, you know, we did see that swing of, you know, a lot of external agency discussions to internal teams and also TA teams becoming more sophisticated, more intelligent, you know, more robust in, in how they were built. I think, unfortunately, quite a few organisations and clients of ours, one of the first things they did during the pandemic was downside their TAT because the expectation was, well, if we're not hiring as much, we don't need as, you know, bigger as vast a TAT. There was still a core function around talent management, you know, L&D. We've seen some organisations almost expand the role of talent to accommodate, you know, what was needed for the business at that point in time. And I think then, you know, what's interesting is, you know, fast forward a year, we've seen many organisations and clients of ours absolutely go into hiring mode, you know, in significant volumes. And so much so that I think it was May this year, I think I posted, it was a LinkedIn article that talked about recruiters were in more demand globally than software engineering as a function, which for the amount of years I've been in recruitment, it's always been... You know, software engineers are hard to find, they're always in demand, et cetera, et cetera. So now, you know, we've seen in the last four or five months, the skill set and the requirement of a recruiter is, is really in demand. And I think also organizations are taking this time to really validate what do they want going forward. So I think many are saying we don't want to just hire more recruiters again. You know, the, the world has changed slightly in terms of the needs of the business from a talent perspective. So, so no doubt, so three things are happening. One, you know, there was some downsizing of TA. Then, you know, hiring has come back at a real pace. Therefore, you know, TA teams are in demand for either external recruiting skills or internal recruiting skills. But they're also starting to validate, you know, what do we need as a, as a business? I think what I would say here is, I mean, there is no, the, the conversations have changed, absolutely. But there is, and there is no doubt that hiring top talent right now is as hard as I've ever seen it, right? You know, I mean, over the, over the years, there's always the kind of, you know, upside, downside, candidate-driven market, employer-driven market. I think right now, hiring top talent is as hard as, as I've seen it. And I think there is this kind of feeling that companies are looking for a magic fix on, you know, what's the right way to attract, engage, nurture talent. All of that has changed. So I think companies really need to take time to really validate, you know, what are they going to do to support how they then engage and nurture, you know, that, that talent. And, and I think going back to your first point, I do think that companies are now relying more on external partners, you know, relying more on the right partners that understand those changing dynamics to ultimately support them, you know, getting the right hiring results. We, we spoke recently about the, the great war on talent, but the, the talent was recruiters and the amount of um, shortages there are in recruiters across various industries, but that's not just agencies, is it? That's in-house recruiters as well, and businesses are not only struggle to attract talent, but struggling to attract the people to attract the talent. It's happening across the board, isn't it? 
Absolutely, and and I think there's always been this in the, in the world of the recruitment. There's always been this, um, you know, someone who works in an external recruitment agency is maybe more interested in working in an internal corporate. We've actually seen, you know, the opposite happen recently. So just from a personal perspective, we've hired a few people who are coming from that internal TA world, and um, who are looking for more variety. Who are looking for, you know, the opportunity to work with, you know, different multiple clients. So I think, you know, that. There is no doubt the hiring world has changed. Um, and I do think that organisations are relying more right now on external partners who understand that changing changing dynamic. But when we first launched RPI, we said that we, we thought that our clients' main pain points were poor fit, recruiters working on a purely transactional basis, short guarantees, um, lack of accountability from recruiters and also retained recruiters not expecting too much commitment while contingent was not given enough. Um, obviously, talent acquisition and recruitment has, has gone through many changes and we're talking a lot about lack of talent, candidate ghosting, which is very different from you know over a year ago. What are the main pain points now that you're seeing? So, I mean, I think going back to those original ones that we talked about when we launched RPI, I, I do think that candidate fit is always going to be a pain point. You know, I mean, I think research would show that, you know, only 45% of the hires that are made are the right fit for the organisation at a point in time. I think our approach to right first-time hiring and the accountable partner, I think, all still stands because I do think that, you know, organisations still need more accountability when it comes to external recruiting partners. I think if I look at you know the, the changes that have happened over the last year or so, there are definitely some more um, pressing pain points right now. So first of all, candidate behaviour and expectations. I think, as I mentioned earlier, it's very much a, a candidate-driven market right now. And candidates are probably not proactively showing as much interest in moving a role, in moving role. Therefore, do need nurtured, you know, do need engaged a certain way. We talk about our 6F method methodology that looks at what are the factors the candidates take into account when they're making a move? So we talk about fit, freedom, fulfilment, family, fortune, and future. And I think we have talked more about those six Fs in the last six months um, than you know we have you know in the last three, four years. So there is definitely a real focus on what is important to the candidate and how do we as recruiters make sure that we are getting the right fit for, for the client and the candidate, but also how does the client ensure that they are you know, selling to the candidate in the right way. I think in terms of what's important to candidates, I think that's also changed over the last, you know, six, 12 months. I think things like, um, you know, work-life balance, hybrid remote working, what organisations' views and policies are on diversity and inclusion are also important to, to candidates. Now, yes, absolutely, salary and bonus and benefits is, is the, the kind of transactional what I need to, to live. But I think from a well-being and, and really just, you know, values and behaviors i do think i do think that's more important <clears throat> i think we also talk about three levels so we talk about this curious to comfortable to committed so it's taking us longer to get the right candidate engagement and i see that as a, a factor that has changed again over the last 12 months and, and i think the one that's been interesting for me over the last even two months is i've talked about candidates seem to have their eyes and their ears open right now some hiring managers maybe have their eyes shut. And what I mean by that is, you know, candidates are very aware that it's a candidate-driven market, you know, are, are very aware that if they're doing well in the role, in the right job, with the right skill set, they're going to be in demand. 
I think some hiring managers have maybe come out of COVID and not actually realised how much has changed during that period. So we do see, you know, and here are some organisations that are maybe still not as flexible, still not as accommodating to, you know, the, the new world. So my view is that, you know, hiring managers need to start opening their eyes as much as candidates are opening their eyes to, to make sure there's no, you know, long-term disconnect. So I think in summary, Claire, a lot has changed. You know, I think some of the things that I've just mentioned there two years ago would have been nice to have, you know, and, and you know, it would have been nice to have if we could have work-life balance or remote working or whatever it may be. Whereas I think very quickly in the last year, you know, some of them have become you know, very much must-haves. Yeah. That figure that you quoted at the start, the the forty five percent are the are not the right fit for a role. That's that's pretty astonishing figure. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people that are are not in the right positions and aren't going to stay there long term. And I think I think it's two things. I mean, I think it's about are they right for the organisation, but also is the organisation right for them? So that that fit is two way. And I think historically, you know, it was very much the company saying you know, this person isn't right, therefore we need to make a change. Mm. I'm hearing more that the, the client is saying the candidate or the employee has decided this role isn't right for them, therefore they're leaving. So regardless who's at fault, you know, 45% of a right first time across the, the sector is a concern, you know, and, and something that we try really heavily focus on, hence why you're, you know, a right first time hiring. Because you're right, I mean, regardless... Oh, we can talk about all the nice things, but if you don't get that right hire, it's not good for the employee stroke candidate, nor is it good for the, the organisation. Exactly, or their reputation in the long run. Mm -hmm. Over the last year, has the way that you think about RPI and the problems it solved changed as these pain points have evolved? I mean, it's interesting. I, I still believe that RPI very much solves the problems today as it did a year and a half ago. You know, I, I do think that if clients are hiring right now, they're hiring because they really need to hire. And we certainly feel that many hires right now are priority hires, even more so than it was two, three years ago. There's an urgency, there's a pace, there's an expectation. I think also at the same time, hiring managers, as I said earlier, still maybe have a view of the must-haves where the world has changed, i.e. we want this person to be based in location X. Well, why? Because we just want them to be based there. So there's just, there's still still a bit of work that needs to be done there. But going back to your question, I do think RPI really does solve the, the challenges. And I think, you know, from my perspective, the feedback we get is clients still really feel the benefit of the process that we follow. So if we go to look at you know, if hiring is a real priority for a client, they want to feel comfort that there's a process and a robust process that goes behind getting to that right hire. And I also feel more than ever, data intelligence is, is really looked at and more critical. So we are seeing hiring managers taking real, a real active interest in, you know, looking at the data. So if we're sending data that says, this is the engagement rate we're getting right now, we feel that engagement rate is a bit low. We feel if you do X, Y, and Z, it will improve. And um, here's some salary benchmarking data. Here's some insight into what other companies are doing. You know, from a, I guess post-COVID, you know, flexibility. I think hiring managers are really willing to listen. You know, more. And I hope that the, the data and intelligence that we provide starts to, as I said, open up the eyes of hiring managers a bit as we as we move forward. So I think I think the last thing I'd say on this is that I also think the RPI approach is really aligned 
to the TA thought process. So it's almost like an external TA approach. And I, I therefore think it's well suited right now to complement TA teams. So whether it be a TA team that's growing, whether it be a TA team that's downsized and is looking for some skill set to complement, I do think RPI helps that you know, TA team in, in the current environment. Helps fill in the gaps that they just don't have the bandwidth or the capacity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bandwidth, capacity, sometimes capability, sometimes level of detail, you know, because they are spinning lots of plates. So, you know, I do think we can be that, you know, external TA support, you know, if and, if and when required. Back when we spoke previously, um, we, we mainly worked on a role-by-role basis. But, you know, over the last year, the amount of embedded projects that we've been working on has, has definitely increased. Tell me about how RPI has evolved from working on that role-by-role basis to add value in those embedded circumstances. Yeah, and it's a good question. I mean, and it's really interesting because, as I mentioned earlier, there's no doubt there's a lot of pressure and focus on hiring just now. You know, and as I said, we're seeing the hiring needs and the hiring pressures across our clients uh, increase. We're also seeing clients need a lot of help in general. So it might be I need help to fill a role. It might be I need help to support a part of their process, or it might be I need help from a capacity point of view. Can you dedicate a few of our team, you know, a few of our team for the next six, nine, 12 months? So there's no doubt the embedded space is also very hot at present, you know, because as I said earlier, if TA teams have dropped capacity, the quickest way to bolster that capacity is to, you know, insource, you know, and, and, and hire uh, some recruiters. And, you know, but I think from our point of view, we're really focused on making sure that we don't just become an organization that gives our clients people. I think what we really want to focus on is make sure that we're almost doing, you know, two years, two things. I see us moving into next year doing two things. One is using RPI to fill critical roles. So utilizing the process that we follow, but also then providing resource that is RPI certified that can go into an organization and also support them with their approach or thoughts you know, our, our insight into, into what we do. Um, so really, you know, for me, whether whether our clients next year are using our process or our service or using our team, the thing that will connect it both is, is RPI. Um, and I really want to, to make sure that at the core of what we do is RPI. And as I said, we either fill roles using RPI or we, we utilize the team to support our clients. So I think we've got a lot of plans going into next year in terms of what our embedded offering will look like because there are some unique differences uh, to our thought process and approach in the embedded space and, and really quite excited you know as we move into next year and really you know start launching uh, the embedded space and um, you know with, with our clients definitely um hopefully this time next year we will um be updating again and um we'll be <laughs> we'll have We'll have moved on even further. Um, Gavin, it has been great to have you on today. Is there anything else you would um, like to add to sign off with? No, I mean, I think, you know, going back to the start, RPI really resonates with, you know, what and how we do. You know, I, I do think that we've got something special in the RPI offering. And I think as an organisation, as you said, it's really giving all of our new staffs, all of our teams, something to really understand and believe in. So I think that, you know, as we move forward as an organization, there is no doubt that RPI is going to play a bigger part of what we do. And excited to share that with, the, I guess, the, the world as we, as we move forward. 
Great. Well, thank you so much, Gavin. Have a lovely day. Um, you too. And I'm sure we will speak soon. Super. Thanks, Claire.